This episode is brought to you by Rockstar Energy Drink. Be honest, are you procrastinating by listening to this podcast? It's okay. You just need Rockstar Focus. Choose from three delicious flavors, each crafted with ingredients for an ideal energy and mental boost, like lion's mane, 200 milligrams of caffeine, and zero sugar. Visit rockstarenergy.com to learn more. At least 75 milligrams of caffeine has been shown to help improve attention. Welcome to the Radio Times podcast with me, Kellyanne Taylor. In this series, I sit down on the Radio Times sofa with a different celebrity guest every week to talk all things telly. What do they watch? Where do they watch it? And who do they watch with? Each week, we glimpse into my guest's life as seen through the prism of TV and from the vantage point of their sofas. We also delve into their own glittering careers on screen. This week's guest is one of the most famous women in the world. It is the actress who has conquered both Bollywood and Hollywood. It is the remarkable Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Joining me this week on the Radio Times sofa, Priyanka discusses representation on screen and her journey to self-acceptance. I was such a young girl, like 19, trying to be a Bollywood movie star. And like, I just wanted to tick all of those boxes and, and then slowly realised that You just have to be you because everything else is taken. Plus, we talk about the instability of acting and her new Amazon Prime espionage drama, Citadel. Priyanka, welcome to the Radio Times podcast. We're very excited to have you on and to talk about Citadel. But first and foremost, let's start with, what is the view from your sofa? It's actually um, a guest room. I'm in a guest room at the moment and I have these big windows um, which are rain-stained at the moment. It's kind of spitting outside, British weather. Um, but I I kind of respond to that. I like a hot cup of coffee and, you know, a great conversation with you, Kellyanne, while um, it spits outside. Honestly, I just want you to narrate <laughs> my life. I cannot believe how good you sound coming through my headphones. So listeners at home can very much enjoy. Tell me, what is the thing that you enjoyed most recently on television? Succession, the last season, we just started it. It's so good. I love that show so much. Everyone's raving about it. I have to say I watched the first episode and I don't know, maybe I just didn't give it enough of a chance, but it wasn't for me. Of this season of or like the first series. And now I feel like I'm missing out. Yeah, you could always go back. You're right. Just go back. Go back and give it more of a chance. Yeah, give it. I mean, look, the writing is so amazing. The performances are so cool. Um, but I just realized we're here to promote another TV show. (laughs) (laughs) So we're not giving them enough praise, especially because Series 3 drops around about now. (laughs) Um, No, but um, it is a great show. I really enjoy it. People should watch it. (laughs) In your house, who controls the remote when you're watching TV? My husband does. (laughs) (laughs) That surprises me. That does surprise me because you seem like a woman who really, really knows her mind. But maybe TV is where you're like, yeah, but I just can't be bothered to make decisions. (laughs) So fair. (laughs) Or have the conversation about like someone saying, no, I don't want to watch that. Oh, I just saw that. And like, I I just just decide, turn it on. I'm good. (laughs) Like As long as I haven't seen it before. I'm I'm in this phase of my life right now, and I'm kind of like trying to permeate this energy with everyone that I work with. And 
literally, I had a team member of mine, her name is Natasha, and she works in India, and she texted me saying, are you okay? I'm scared. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Because I'm just like riding the wave now, you know? Um, life's going to throw stuff at you. Yeah, it's raining. It's okay. Just walk in the rain. It's fine. Like it's, the world is not going to collapse. And um, and if it does, we can handle it. So I'm just like, you know, in, in this point in my life where it's just like, yeah, it's all good. Is there something that you watch for comfort? Is there something that brings you joy either because you said that you don't like to maybe watch stuff that you've seen before? Yeah, it's hard for me to repeat things that I've seen before unless it's like, I don't know, I went on a Tom Cruise bender the other month. Um, we just watched that. all of Tom Cruise movies. And and then from there, we went on an Emily Blunt bender, who I, again, adore. Um, so, you know, in like in those cases, like we find themes and we go after it. But um, for me specifically, like my comfort binge watch is like I'll get into bed and I like to watch TV, which is not something my husband likes to do. So that's problematic. <laughs> that's the biggest problem. And the only problem <laughs> we have is like he likes to watch TV on a couch. I like to watch TV on the bed. I'm with you. It's comfier. It's comfier. He just did some, there's something, there are people who can eat in bed, snacks, and there are people who can't eat in, snacks in bed. There's two kinds of people. Yeah. And there's both <laughs> in ours. If you have a snack or drink of choice while watching telly, what is it? I usually just have anything sparkling is good for me to have. As it, I've started drinking this sparkling immunity water. It's really good. Or Olipop, which um, is amazing. Or I'll have like, but for snacks, it could be, it's variant. Like I can go from like Indian snacks and nuts to like um, chips, salt and vinegar, of course, to like Ooh, yeah. Cheetos, you know, I could just Pringles, whatever. It just needs to be like crunchy, crispy when I want popcorn, love, love, love can do. So I have a snack cabinet in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much. I actually adore that. My boyfriend is the same. If I start eating in the bed, he's like, no, Kellyanne, we're not. But it's it's one of life's many pleasures. Mine doesn't say anything, though. <laughs> he's so sweet. <laughs> so I just don't do it because I know it bothers him. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so adorable. What a lovely man. Let's take it back to your childhood and talk about was TV something that you watched a lot of growing up? And where did you kind of first get the idea that you wanted to be an actor? No, I was allowed one hour of TV till I was in like high school almost, I think. Um, I lived in America my teenage years with my aunt and my uncle. Um, my parents were back in India and they were like the rules were... You know, you come back from school, go hang out with friends, whatever, do chores, help with dinner. Um, then you get like one hour of TV or you get one hour of TV before dinner. I can't remember exactly. But um, mine usually was full of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I loved Sarah Michelle Gellar in, in the show and I just loved everything about it. Um, and I remember me and my cousins would like just, you know, go in. This is like late 90s and we would go into the world of... Buffy and um but I still didn't know and this is me at 16 15 I still didn't know that there was a world in which I would be working on telly or I would be in movies you know and then about two years later 
I turned 17. I'm in India. And uh, my mom sent in my photos for Miss India. Just, it was a joke. I had these mall photographs, you know, like when you take those soft focus pictures when you go to a mall, like in a studio. Those pictures um, that I'd had done just because the photographer was like, oh, you're pretty. I'd like to take some more pictures. And my teenage self was like, of course. And those photos my mom sent in to Miss India and I was selected for the pageant, won it. And when you're Miss India, you're sent for an international pageant. And I was sent for Miss World. And at 18, you know, the millennium changed and my life changed at the same time. And yeah. I was literally a girl in high school a year ago. It's insane. Before we come on to, because I do want to talk about uh, moving from Miss World into acting, which is how you springboarded into the industry. But just before that, let's talk about at 13, you moved to America, but before that, you went to boarding school, but you were also living with your parents who were both doctors in the Indian Army. And I wondered how it felt when you moved to America, if it felt like the stuff that you were seeing was completely different to perhaps what you'd grown up with. And I, I'm talking about that through kind of a representation viewpoint as well in terms of the TV that you were watching. Oh, yeah. I never even expected someone that looked like me on TV. <laughs> The bar was so low. <laughs> I, there wasn't even a little girl in me that was like, oh, I don't see someone that looks like me. Like, I didn't even know I could think like that. Um, we had Hindi movies back in India, which are popularly known as Bollywood. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, that's ours and this is theirs. Like, even in my child head, that distinction was so clear. And... Um, when I came to America, I realized, oh, wow, there are other people that are here, too. It's not, they're not just all, they don't all just look a certain way. And television looked a certain way and movies looked a certain way. So I think when I was a teenager, I kind of, and I moved to America was the first time I was exposed a lot more to um, the, you know, English language entertainment. So I started, I guess, looking for identity in English language entertainment because I saw a lot of people that looked like me in the country mm. consuming it, you know. Yes, um, there's so, so many Indians, um, so many people from other countries, so many immigrants that come from all over the world. Um, and I think American entertainment was devoid of representing that melting pot of, you know, its population, especially because I think the movies and television traveled around the world and the more yeah. especially with the internet um having its explosion you um you know i grew up through y2k <laughs> if anybody remembers that so i think with the world becoming smaller entertainment had to change and you know that's where we are today in a world where we have streaming and people from different yeah. countries can watch movies and entertainment from different parts of the world. You can actually make a global sh series like Citadel and have an ambition of really connecting the globe. I would have never imagined that yeah. when I first joined um, the industry and started working in entertainment. It's it's amazing. What was it like your first time on set? What was your experience? You know, did you have kind of any acting experience? Maybe you'd acted at school or when you first transitioned, how was it kind of just magical getting caught up in all that? Well, it's funny, actually. I had done a little bit of musical theatre when I was in um, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, um, in America. And I was and I thought I could really sing. Like, I really thought I was 
all that, honestly. And when I went back to India in 11th and 12th grade, so I really thought I was a pop star for a second. And um, I never thought acting. I just thought entertainment and singing and music. And when I became Miss World, so in India, most beauty pageant winners... Um, you know, get somehow propelled into the movies. It just, it naturally happens. Um, and they are every, all, we've had so many historically amazingly successful Indian actresses, um, Juhi Chavla, Ishwarya Rai, um, Sushmita Sen, Lardatta, who were, you know, beauty pageant winners and then became um, actors. So I think that in that view, I kind of was anticipating that was going to happen to me. So mm -hmm. I took acting lessons in Mumbai um, with the Kishore Namit school for about a month. I did dance classes because I knew in, in Hindi movies, you know, we are required to dance. So I need to be able to dance. So I did all of that in prep, but it could never, never prepare you for what it is like to be on a movie set. It's so terrifying, especially for someone who had no experience. You know, when you stand on your mark for the first time and everyone's looking at you and all the lights are dark except for you. And there's this looming camera that is taking in your entire energy, your nerves. You know, if you're sweaty in your pits, the camera sees it. If you don't remember your lines, the camera sees it. It's... It, it's it's the most terrifying feeling um and i will never forget like the first time i had to do it i was working with um movie actors that were you know i had watched on on screen like sunny deol and sanjay dutt and i remember akshay kumar and i'm watching them right opposite me and i have to say my lines it was crazy I, I used to forget my lines i would i wouldn't know how to do all the multiple things at the same time and then there was the fashion of it all mm. what what are you supposed to wear and there was just so many i remember after about a couple of months i came back home and i cried to my mom and i was like this is not for me i wonder when you did that now that you've explained to me there's kind of this history of someone moves from Miss World to, you know, to entering it into the industry. But I wondered if because you made that move, whether there was more pressure on you to adhere to kind of certain beauty standards where it felt like, you know, you always had to look a certain way, especially kind of even outside of the film in in press, in publicity, for things like that. I know that you've spoken about in, in previous podcasts and interviews that you were massively brought up with this sense of self and this love and confidence in who you are and that extends past beauty but I wonder if there was that pressure. Definitely I think the pressure started as soon as someone took my photograph for the first time and this was 17 year old me at you know Miss India with 30 other girls trying to be the best one and win that crown and I think I was like people are taking pictures of me I am being spoken about so I need to fit into the mold. I never thought about what I look like or what was unique about me. I wanted to fit in. It was like high school all over again. Um, so from the pageant to starting movies and just looking at my counterparts and actors that were coming up at that time and actors that were working at that time, I wanted to be like them. I wanted to be, you know, coveted like the ac female actors at my time were. Mm -hmm. And I think fitting into that mold was what was important to me. And it took me a few years to kind of figure out that what works about me is 
what makes me unique, not fitting into the mold. So it took a few movies and it took a few, like I, I started hearing from people what they liked about me when, you know, I did a performance or a movie of mine came out. And I, it kind of helped me mold finding my own feet and becoming confident with the person that I am versus trying to be just a movie actress. Like it's, yeah. it, my journey really started with that. And I think that was a very important curve and an evolution in my life because I was such a young girl, like 19, trying to be a Bollywood movie star. And like, I just wanted to tick all of those boxes and, yeah. and then slowly realize that you just have to be you because everything else is taken. Yeah, so true. And in 2015, so I'm kind of jumping through your career here because you have lots and lots to your name, which is almost impossible to talk about in four hours, let alone half an hour. I mean, it's 22 years. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot that happened. (laughs) There's a lot going on. Um, So in 2015, you began starring in the ABC thriller Quantico and you became the first a South Asian actor to headline an American drama series. What inspired that move from Bollywood to Hollywood? Well, I was in a precarious place in my career. Um, this is around 2009, 10. I'd been an actor for about eight years. I was doing really well, getting really amazing movies. And, you know, I had con- sort of p- cemented my position as, you know, a actor who had box office successes and critically acclaimed performances and and stuff like that but I also was in a position where I don't know I had Bollywood's a little clannish and it can be a little clannish and I kind of was looking to expand my horizons because you know I I wanted the kind of work that I wanted to get was just it required a lot of pulling and pushing at that time and I was just like you know let me I I felt the need to want to expand the horizons, my horizons. And that happened in terms of an opportunity of doing pop music in America. And I, yes, to those listening (laughs) who didn't know, I had a pop career for about two seconds. It was fun. (laughs) I met amazing people. Um, But that's, that's for another chapter. It was actually honestly really fun now that I've made peace with the fact that it's not my thing to do but um I can look back and be like wow I like was with music royalty for about two years three years of my life um but that opportunity came my way um Anjula Acharya who's my manager right now you know thought that I could be a crossover pop star and started speaking to me at a phase in my life where I was really gravitating towards being an actor you know I was taking really serious roles on I was doing movies like Saat Khun Maaf, Burfi which are really serious parts for me and she called me and she was like, I really think you can do this. And I was signed to Interscope Records with working with Jimmy Iovine and Pitbull and Will I Am and Red One and all of these amazing people in music that it brought me to America. I, I really feel like there was, do you believe in destiny, Kellyanne? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I feel like fate and destiny are such huge um movers in my life they've really put me in positions of i just have to recognize opportunity and work really hard and persevere to try and be good at it but somehow you know i was kind of pushed in the direction of the states by doing um 
music here. And while I was doing music and honestly, you know, traveling back and forth, doing movies in India, didn't even think about jet lag, was on a flight every two days, um, traveling across the world to make both these careers work. Yeah. And, you know, Jimmy actually said to me, he was like, I think you should also seek representation here because you are an actor. You could do both. And so I did that. I signed up with CAA, CAA and um, started looking for acting work here. And that's how it kind of happened. But, you know, I had to really put my head down and shed and not think about the success or the life that I had back yeah. home in India and start completely afresh which was insane so you also have a best-selling memoir and i wondered if when you were writing it a you found it cathartic but b if you found it cathartic like you're saying i guess history has this funny thing of you know our lives make sense at the end when we can look back and we can look at all these moments that led to the next moment and the next opportunity but you know when you're living them you don't always see it and i wonder if when you were writing if you reflected on the beginning of your career because it, it looked like like you're saying you were just doing project after project after project so actually to have some time you know 10 15 20 years on to reflect back if that kind of changed your perspective and if you learned anything from that is there any changes that you've made I do feel like it has to do with maturity as well you know as we grow up um you understand so much more about yourself your quest changes um when I was a teenager I was just like every other teenager trying to figure out where I belong in this world, right? And then your 20s, you're just like to, you're trying to run as fast as you can. You're trying to do everything. You're, you know, I didn't even take a vacation for almost 10 years, I think, because I just wanted to do everything. I mean, my filmography is almost 70 movies because I used to do like four a year because I just did not want to lose this opportunity. I thought I'd wake up one morning and it'll be taken away from me. Because if you think about it, like people give actors a lot of credit, but if you think about it, our job is very, very unstable. You don't know where your next paycheck's coming yeah. from till you sign the next job, till you're on the next job. And then if people hate it, you the phone might not ring. You know, so it's yeah. it's a very unstable feeling as well. And you kind of run really hard to make sure you can have some sort of stability in your life. Um, and that comes usually with being able to create credibility with your work, being able to consistently deliver. And that takes time. So the, my 20s were a blur for me because I was just... I'd never been to acting school, so I was trying to figure out what this acting thing was while trying to consolidate my position and, you know, cement myself into being a working actor. And then suddenly all of that is gone and you have to do it all over again. It was terrifying. Yeah, of course. But yes, to sorry, answer your point, the book was extremely cathartic, but it helped me understand and forgive myself, my younger self and allowed me to thank my younger self and say thank you for making those choices thank you for you know being a survivor or being hard on yourself sometimes that pushed me and but at the same time allowing myself to be vulnerable I kind of was proud of my younger self for 
you know, taken brickbats and bouquets gracefully. And it you reach a point where you're a lot more content with the person you are and with the choices that you've made. And that's a good feeling. So let's come on to talk about your most recent choice, which is starring in Amazon Prime's Citadel. Now, let me tell you, I loved this show. I've seen the first two episodes and it felt something like James Bond meets Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And the reason why I thought it was phenomenal, and I don't think these shows are often done to perfection, and I really think this is, is because it's got all the elements of a good series mixed together. So you've got its fast pace, its good on-screen chemistry, mixture of comedy and drama, good tension, thrilling plot, phenomenal acting. And that, that isn't often done, especially when it's like big budget, big kind of energy. So what was it like being involved in this project? And talk to me about the fun on set. There's also some really big names that are alongside you in this too. Thank you so much, Kellyanne. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I cannot wait for the rest of the series to come out. Oh, whoever is listening, please listen to Kellyanne and go watch the show. <laughs> You heard it here first. You heard it here first. It's a lot of work, I won't lie. I've been attached to the show for about three years. It's a very ambitious undertaking because um, it's the series is six episodes and it has just so much scale that it took us about a year and a half to film it. Oh my gosh. It was... Uh, and we filmed it during 2021, which was COVID time, and we were all in our bubbles, and it's physically extremely daunting, you know. You had to train, you had to do stunts. Um, I do a lot of my stunts. Yeah. Um, along with my amazing stunt double. But it was just physically a lot of work, emotionally really strenuous because, you know, you're away from home, you're away from your family yeah. for a year and a half, and that's a long time. But also the complexities of my character. Duality is a really important word in this show for me because, you know, when you're a spy, you're a liar. Literally, that's what you do for your job. And so everyone is dual everyone has two faces you just don't know what you're gonna get and that makes for a lot of amazing tension between people and especially in relationships and this show has so many complex relationships between people which I think is really the soul of the show yeah there's amazing banging action and all of that cool stuff but the heart of the show is really complex and I enjoyed that so much working with the Russo brothers you know um, our David Wheel our showrunner it's just they're so good at doing this mm. and you've seen them create incredible characters in the work that they've done before Citadel that I was just I knew that I was in great hands and then to have you know, dance partners like Richard Madden and Stanley Tucci and, you know, Ashley Cummings and like these amazing actors that um, that fill this this series. It just it, I think that'll make it that's what makes it a really good watch that I knew when I was coming on the set. Fun was not something we looked for on this job. <laughs> it was <laughs> so I will correct you there for a second. <laughs> We were like soldiers. Oh my god! <laughs> I know it's fun to watch, but you're so. I, that must have been <laughs> grueling. Like some of the stunt scenes, I was like, I, I forget people are listening, not looking. So I've just pulled the <laughs> yes, faces. I'm looking. I saw your face though. <laughs> of wonder. What was that stunt training like? 
Have you done have you done that kind of stuff before? Oh man. I've done action stuff before. It's it's down um you know, it's it's something I'm familiar with, it's something I'm comfortable with. When I first started doing action like 15 years ago or whatever, we didn't have the kind of sophisticated stunt teams that you know, we did, we kind of like did everything. It was sort of jerry-rigged, you know, sometimes my body double was a guy, like it was you know, it was just, you kind of did it all. So I trust my body and my instinct. I'm not someone who's who does my stunts just for the thrill of it. I don't ever do that. It's, it's, a, it's a serious job. People get hurt and there are experts and to do it who, who literally know how to do it very well. So I always work with my stunt teams very, very closely to be able to create, to be able to help create stunts which are close to the character, you know, yeah. and not different. And the the beauty about this show is like you'll watch these stunts and then you'll see like scenes in the middle of the stunts and then you go back to the stunts because people come in and talk to each other and then go away. So it's not just like da 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 barrage of violence and then a scene and then ah. So it's really cohesive and fun. Um, and that was fun to do as well. Like, you know, you're taking out all these bad guys and then you come together and Richard and I have this like tender moment and then suddenly something else happens and, um, the pace of it is, is, is so much fun. And my script <laughs> doubled in size by the end of the show because there was just so, it's not linear, right? The show. So there's flashbacks. You go back and forth. And just keeping track of Nadia and her movements, like my script was double in size. Oh my goodness, it sounds phenomenal. Priyanka, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure and it will be an audio pleasure for all our listeners because your (laughs) voice is like bloody honey. (laughs) You know, I do have a night story on Calm if anyone's interested. (laughs) Right, well, I know know how I'm going to sleep tonight. Thank you I think so you've much. probably had enough of me, Kelly. <laughs> you don't have to listen to my voice to sleep. But so nice. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for taking the time to dig into my life. It, it really means a lot when, you know, the people asking questions actually care about, um, you know, what has happened. And um, that's not very common. So thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, you might like my interview with Dame Emma Thompson, Daniel Radcliffe or Letitia Wright. These can be found by scrolling back through our feed. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe. <laughs>